We melded in a hot blend of unsatisfied desire before I suddenly cried out, No! It would be sinful! Then let us sin! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Josh. And with us today, we have a special guest. Hi, I'm John, and of the 483 books I have read in 2019, this is by far the worst. <laughs> I still find that hard to believe. And I don't believe it. I'm At some point, I'm going to need you to go through your Goodreads. The only this- thing that comes close are polar graphic novels, and they are much, much shorter. I don't know what that is, but... Don't find out. Uh, I... I just don't believe that. And so I, you're counting comic books in that giant bloated number? Uh, he's counting like board books with <laughs> that have okay. like. Okay, <laughs> I was like, that's that braggy ass number right there. <laughs> that I'm just checking what is included. Anytime I want to like increase my numbers, I'll go and grab a book in the storybook section. When I see on Goodreads I've fallen like 18 books behind my yearly goal, and I'll be like, hey, maybe I'll just check out uh, one of these uh, uh, Berenstain Bears books. I don't think you can cheat the game that way. I don't. You're only cheating yourself. I am cheating myself, but it all counts. I have a baby. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I can't confirm. I, I did meet the baby. So what do we do on this podcast, Josh? Uh, we read a classic young adult literature book, and then we we mix it up and talk about it. <laughs> and what did we read this time, Josh? We, we read V.C. Andrews' Petals on the Wind. The second book in the Dollenganger series. Uh, technically not YA, which we discussed in our previous episode, but still a classic series that was passed around from girl to girl in the 80s and 90s. It was a little, probably a little forbidden, and we'll talk about why in this <laughs> in this book. Should be forbidden. <laughs> So do we want the Cliff Notes version of the book? And honestly, this is going to be very brief because this book, it's not as upfront as the first book in this series. This book has a lot of twists and turns and kind of goes all over the place and introduces several characters. So I don't think it's as easy to sum it up. Flowers in the Attic, I can, uh, like I could do an elevator pitch for, I could explain it to someone in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. This book, I read it. I can't explain it to you now. I don't think we'll be able to explain it to each other yeah. in the next hour. <laughs> it's still going to be very confusing. It's not a very coherent book. It's very, um, it's it's like trying to explain a soap opera to someone who's mm-hmm. never watched. And so they don't know the intricacies of all the characters and all the different plot threads that are going along and all the betrayals that have come before. There's so many betrayals. So many. And so it's really hard to describe. Um, but basically... We pick up where we left off. The the three children who escaped the attic uh, uh, escape. They're on a train. And now to uh, just kind of sum it up. Uh, Kathy, Point of order, they are on a bus. Oh, wait, they are on a bus. Aren't they on a train first and then a bus? Uh, I don't remember the train. They may have. Uh, I thought they tried to buy train tickets, didn't they? That's how you get out of Virginia. I don't I don't know. I don't know how the last book ended, but this one begins <laughs> with them on a bus where they meet a magical mute, overweight black lady who, who has no purpose other than to 
reset the new normal for the novel. Yeah, so that's her purpose, though. Yes, she falls into the magical Negro trope. She still has a purpose more so than Carrie, who is one of the main characters in the story. But anyway, quick and dirty, uh, they get it taken in by a doctor. Kathy goes to ballet school. Chris becomes a doctor. Uh, Carrie dies. Kathy ends up with two kids and two dead husbands <laughs> um, and a dead lover. The grandmother dies. Um, the mother is institutionalized. And the house. in the out. end, we're, we're leaving again. We're going to Cal- out west. California is my guess, right? A new adventure. Never says. A- new adventure. It's Chris. It's Kathy. It's her two children. Jory. And Bart Jr. <laughs> um, and they're, they're heading out west. They're starting over. Clean slate. But that's the quick and dirty. Now, if we want to get into the the nitty gritty, here we go. John, take us there. (laughs) (sighs) So they're on a bus. So they're on a bus. And they meet a... Well, so first, I'm just going to stop you there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So first, uh, uh, the child is still sick. Carrie. Carrie's still sick. From being poisoned by her grandmother at the end of Flowers in the Attic. Grandmother and mother, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the mother. Pfft. It's the mother. Yeah. Uh, and begins, like, being sick. And they're going to throw all the kids off the bus. And there's a big confrontation on the bus. Let's not get too stuck on this. Because if we're going <laughs> to go through everything in this minute detail, we're never going to get through this Because so book. much happens in this book. A lot happens. And a lot of it mainly revolves around Kathy wanting... Revenge on her mother, Kathy's sexuality. I, I men, guess men preying on Kathy at every turn. I don't know how every person they encounter ever is just the worst person, but they they manage to find him. They do. I don't know if I would say Doctor Paul's the worst person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's an admitted rapist. He is. He is admittedly he, he in his says, own yeah, saga. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, in his own troubled back background that we learn about later in the book he does say well you know i raped my wife when she didn't want to have sex (laughs) when it hurt her and she cried and screamed i still did it good guy good guy dr paul and that's our our hero is the best person in the novel (laughs) uh Uh, i can say better who henrietta who's henrietta henny 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 what's her name henny henny okay I don't know if they ever say Henrietta. I just know Henny. But anyway. Okay, well, Henny is the true good person in the yeah. book. And she disappears for uh, hundreds of pages at a time. Basically, the only time you hear from Henny anymore is if Henny is cooking something or if uh, Henny is, they reference her being in her bedroom whenever she and Dr. Paul are rendezvousing, I guess. <laughs> And then when she dies, she writes a, a letter. That's about it. Not to brag, but her name is Henrietta. Dang it. Beach. Henny is in quotes in the uh, Wikipedia article. Thanks for well, looking it up. Emblematic of the black people in this novel, she is a mute. And no minority ever has a voice. With the exception of Yolanda, a half-Arab seductress. Yes, she's a roommate of Kathy's when Kathy moves to New York to pursue her, dr- her dreams of being a prima ballerina. A ballerina now. <laughs> yeah. And um, she, one of her mates is Yolanda. The other girl is forgotten after the line when her name is revealed. 
That's true. She was the good roommate. <laughs> but Yolanda is uh, slut-shamed by Kathy, which I find that a little disgusting, Kathy, considering that you're you you're banging a doctor who is your caretaker? Your your, your ward? ward? Yeah. yeah. He's an old man at 40. Yes, she does say that clearly. <laughs> I, I think I circled that like 40. <laughs> ah. Well, she also says whenever they're Wait, starting. How old is Kathy in this? Um, she starts at 16, 16. when uh, oh, God. she meets yeah. him. This is like if Punky Brewster and Henry, like if Henry was trying to romance Punky. Is this the Karen and Shipka? Yes. But grown. Blake is referencing the, the movie. The movie. Lifetime. 16 is not grown, but older. She's older, older than, she than she was okay. in Flowers okay. in the Attic. Okay, continue. Yeah. There, there's some, the timeline jumps so much where they'll be like, and then six months later, this person died or something like that. So I kept trying to figure out how old these characters were. By the end were. of the book, they're 35. Probably. Yes, Actually, yeah, that sounds yeah, about yeah. right. They yeah. are. I would say early 30s. It, it's Game of Thrones. <laughs> it truly is. Um. But yeah, so but I wrote down another line um, because Kathy is a horrible ageist, and it's when she is trying to seduce Paul. And I believe the first time they have sex is on Paul's birthday. Isn't it like a birthday present that she <laughs> gives herself to him? Am I correct? You are okay. Um, there is apparently another nurse who works at the hospital whose name is Thelma Merkel, and I wrote that down because what a name! <laughs> <laughs> Poor Thelma Merkel. And Kathy says of Thelma, but she was only a nurse in a sterile white uniform miles and miles away. And I was under his nose with my intoxicating new perfume tickling his senses. As the advertisement had said, a bewitching, beguiling, seductive scent no man could resist. What chance did Thelma Merkel, age 29, have against the likes of me? (laughs) Old hag. (laughs) Watched up. Yeah, used up, used up. Yeah, gross. Thelma, gross. Uh, one comp, this is off topic, but, uh, I wrote down all weird in my notes. Uh, this is, I'm going to steal this line and use it on a woman. You look so divine. I see candy in your eyes and the crown of jewels of England too. Wait, who says that? Uh, I believe Kathy says it to her brother, Chris. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So John, you did not read Flowers in the Attic. You came into this completely blind not knowing anything about the previous book in the Dalinganger Sangha, so... Yes, I believe that I was reading a horror novel. <laughs> Wait, you, you were led to believe that it would be a horror novel? Yes, that was my understanding, that this was a horror novel series. They had been in an attic, and I knew that there was some incest involved. Everybody, by the way, Possibly everybody... some ghost incest. <laughs> everybody who asks who knows... Every man, usually, if you ask them about this book, they're like... Incest book. Incest book. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not wrong, but... <laughs> yeah, it's an incest There's book. There's so much worse. What do the women say? If that's what guys... Don't women say that, too? They say it's just a really hot romance between oh, uh, yeah. a couple of uh, perfect okay. uh, perfect people perfectly matched. Well, that's what I say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say it's hot. If you had asked 13-year-old Jessica about this book, I would have said... It's hot. And I I want to say, I want to I wanna this clarify. Book? This book? Yes, I want to clarify something here. I was probably 12 or 13 when I read it. Uh, sixth, seventh grade, not sure. And this was, what, early 90s, mid-90s? Not a very woke period. Uh, we didn't know certain things were bad yet. We didn't know certain things were bad or certain things were rape. Right? I mean... I mean, the one guy says, I did rapes. Well, yes. <laughs> Dr. Paul basically says that. 
But, I mean, her she is raped by her brother. She's raped by Julian. And I believe she's raped by Bart. I at believe all their first sexual yeah. encounters are at least rapes. Yeah. And But to me, I was like, I didn't know they were rape. To me, rape was always a stranger rape, right? Like it wasn't someone that you yeah, knew. Yeah, yeah. It was totally something that's unexpected and violent. It's either a stranger or, I don't know, like your pervy uncle who tries to do something. I don't know. That's, that's in my opinion, what it was. But, uh, yeah, I would have said this book is hot. If I had to describe it now, I would say that this book is erotica for young girls who have never had sex. That yeah. nails it. Yeah. 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 And it's uh, almost a female, uh, that demographic female power fantasy where every man that Carrie, our protagonist, meets falls exclusive. Kathy. What did I call her? Carrie. That's the sister. Uh, whatever. Carrie yeah. never gets any. <laughs> well. We'll talk about Let's that Let's not later. talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So every man that comes across her path mm-hmm. falls hopelessly, exclusively in love with her. No matter whatever side conquest yeah. they might have, no matter how much they cheat on her. No matter if they're with her mother. No matter if they're related to her. Right. Yeah. Every single one of these men only loves her forever and can't ever not love her. And also she does what... Girls of a certain age all want to do in their future, it's be a ballerina. <laughs> I'm surprised that, that she also wasn't a champion uh, horse rider. <laughs> <laughs> or a model, or an actress. Um, I, uh, guys and I took ballet classes when I was in second grade. Third grade. Did anyone ever smash your feet? So no, you uh, never. Okay. Never happened. I was not good. You weren't married, that's I, why. That's right. I, uh, I dropped out. Right before they said we we're going to have a recital. And I was like, wait, we have to get up in front of people. I'm out. I'm out. I'm not doing this. I thought this was just like a fun Saturday morning thing where I would come. I thought this my... was just a private thing. I honestly thought it would just Behind be like me. Doors. Just me. me dancing for you, uh, uh, Julian. I just thought that's all it was. I really was like, there's no way in hell I'm getting up in a leotard in front of people. <laughs> Third grade Jessica, already body conscious and already aware of her klutziness. No way in hell was I getting up on stage in front of people. So you nailed it, ballerina. I, and I think in John's description, it's it's not dissimilar from Fifty Shades of Grey, where everyone who meets... Where it's written by a virgin, is that what <laughs> right, you mean? Yeah, just like, uh, uh, as we talked about on uh, Go Ask Alice, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, that was your theory, that Beatrice Sparks is a, is a virgin. All these authors, I think, have never fucked. <laughs> That's like the running theme. We can't prove that with VC. No, how are you saying it was similar to? Oh, uh, that everyone that meets Anastasia mm-hmm. uh, just falls so deeply in love with her that they have to resort to trying to kill other people <laughs> and uh, manipulating her, making her sign contracts <laughs> to, <laughs> to to uh, be in relationships with them. Like those books get just wild toward the end, which I assume these are just going to keep getting more and more wild. If I remember correctly, they they stay crazy, but they follow her the children more than they do the adults. Okay. But I can't really remember. It's been a while. <laughs> I haven't read these since I was 12, 13. So. That means nothing to me because this one's still filled with pedophiles. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julian pedophile. Uh, Dr. Pedophile. Bart not because she was an adult by then. But he would have been. Oh, well, yeah. Still a creep. Still a creep. Well... 
But of course, in Flowers in the Attic, she did have an encounter with him, which we talked about. Whenever yeah. she sneaks into the room, kisses him, yeah, and he yeah. dreams, and then Chris gets all mad. Yeah. Oh, we don't. Anyway, uh, c- can I ask you, having not read Flowers in the Attic, can you describe what you think happens in the book? Like, can you give us a really short plot summary of what you think Flowers in the Attic is, based upon what you learned from Petals in the Wind? Yes, I feel like I could write uh, Flowers in the Attic cover to cover now. So okay. the <laughs> the dad dies. They go in. With a uh, grandpa old man who's got a lot of money mm-hmm. and uh, angry grandmother who thinks things are sinful. And because the mother is married to like a half brother, they're all children of incest. So, a, okay, yeah, yeah. Why so, am I going to correct him on these things? <laughs> so they have to hide them in the attic because uh, grandpa doesn't like them until. Grandpa dies and the mom gets the money. But after Grandpa eventually does die, they still have to stay in the attic because he left a he left a caveat in his will that she could never have children with the creepy brother. Or if it was revealed she ever had children. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of nailed it. Yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah, You got it. VC Andrews is nothing if not repetitive. That's true. And this is the first V.C. Andrews book you've read, so you should know. <laughs> I, the way I would describe this book, Petals on the Wind, is just a long series of people, some kind of incident happen, happening, it jumping six months, and then someone yelling at someone else, and there's a lot of exclamation marks, and a, a big fight about, I thought you loved me, or, but I love you, and then... Someone storming out, and then that happening again and again and again. Yeah, it's a soap opera. Yeah. This entire book would be 50 pages if any character at any time could communicate. If uh, Dr. Goodman could just tell her her his real backstory without leaving out details, then she wouldn't have gone and married uh, Julian, a sociopath so diabolical, he drives her out into the worst neighborhood in New York and dumps her after stealing her purse. Mm-hmm. And then later on, after they're married and she goes back home uh, to see her brother Chris graduate, which, by the way, in order to get back home, she has to drug Julian so she can find her passport that he has hidden, fly back to uh, North Carolina, correct? Who cares? Yeah, Charleston. South Carolina? South Carolina. <laughs> Where are Same we in the difference. World? <laughs> <laughs> um, to be able to see her brother graduate. And then whenever she decides to surprise him, they are filming a ballet. A ballet, right? She surprises him by dancing out into a scene. He doesn't know she's there. He sees her. They dance, argue, dance, fight. <laughs> and then. He grabs her arms, jumps into the air, and lands with all his weight and force on her toes, breaking all of them. Good guy. Good guy you chose to marry there. (laughs) And this was a guy who repeatedly beat her before they were married. Am I correct? And cheated with very young schoolgirls, as it describes them. Oh, yeah. And she just lets him. She's like, it's fine. And her sister. Well, we find that out later. But yes, he is a trash man. Um, he lets the evil half-Arab into her house to destroy all of her possessions. He says he 
Yeah, he says Yolanda destroyed them while he watched because he is having an affair with Yolanda now, I mm-hmm. guess. Since yeah. Kathy's been gone for, what, two weeks? He's like, well, <laughs> that's it. Time to really move on here. Time to put in, uh, uh, tell the newspaper that Yolanda's the new star of the show and... Uh, get rid of get rid of that old, old ball and chain. Old broken-toed Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's in a horrible wreck that night. Of course it's that night. Right. It's because Yolanda's got him hooked on drugs. <laughs> and uh, he is in a horrible car wreck, is rushed to the hospital. Kathy goes there with her brother, Chris, who was there to comfort her and I think tried to rape her while she was sleeping, maybe? Uh, I wasn't sure what was going on there, but it was all... He was trying to get something. It was a all, rapist. We know that. Yeah. It was all very uh, not above board. No. God, this book. Guys, I don't even know where we're at right now. Ugh, so much. This is hard to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you think? We're just jumping around like crazy just people. An, an, enough sexual assault for you? I, I don't feel comfortable discar- d- discussing anything that happens in this book because it's all so uh, uh, tangled up. So if we just stuck with the character of Julian, of literally a problematic character because he is there as the temptation to move to New York and become a prima ballerina. Mm-hmm. But it makes almost no sense for him to keep coming back to the middle of nowhere Carolina if he's on his way to stardom in New York. He wants her. Yeah, he he wants Kathy, the perfect every woman. So he has to keep coming back like every week to try and seduce her, even though she's been rebuffing him for two years. He tries dating her best friend, a character that's so important to the story. She's named once and never, I never wrote down mentioned her name. again. Uh, her name is Lorraine Duval. <laughs> Didn't remember her name. Forgot and she I wrote, existed. <laughs> I wrote Kathy's best friend. Parentheses. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so his character is there just as the temptation to, as representative younger, younger man. As opposed to old man Dr. Forty. Or brother. Or brother. Or stepfather. I I feel like every character in the book, other it's about her and her brother. You know what I mean? Like everyone else just feels uh uh like obstacles to them. I don't even feel like it's about her brother. Chris is very one note. Oh no. Chris completely. is very creepy. <laughs> Chris is very actually he's kind of scary in this book. I hate Chris. I don't like him, and it really grosses me out when, at the end of the book, the doctor, who she is married to at this point, because finally her dreams have come true where she's burned down Foxworth Hall, uh, grandma's dead, mom institutionalized, uh, Bart is dead, she has her two children, she's married to Paul finally, he's dying, he's had several major heart attacks, because he's 50. Right. Yeah, yeah, you I keep having heart attacks. Like, how many? It's, it's like, oh, I've had four heart attacks or something Apparently, like that? well, when Henny had her stroke, right? Apparently trying to help her, he had a heart attack, <laughs> which makes me feel so horrible. Like, they're making fat jokes at the end, in my, my opinion, right? Yeah, yeah, well, I... That's the implication. Yeah. Like, she is so large... That when he was trying to help her after she had a stroke, he had a heart attack. Well, give him a break. He's half a century years old. (laughs) So at this point, though, when he is dying, he tells her to take the children because they are still young enough that they will consider Chris 
her brother, their stepfather, and to make a clean break and run away with her brother. That made me feel sick. And it's not necessarily the incest part. It's just that Chris has been a creepy, rapey predator this entire book. And he wants her to go away with this guy. But although he himself is a creepy, rapey predator. So, you know. This is coming from somebody who declared all of this hot earlier. (laughs) Yeah, I was 13. I thought it was hot. As an adult, I'm like, this book is so Maybe this is not hot, yeah. Not great. Attitude check real quick. Still hot in any way? You're hesitating too much. It's definitely still hot in some ways. No. I don't think this book is... I'm I think doing air quotes around hot. This book is not hot at all. It like, was when I was 13, okay? This was probably the first erotic type thing I'd ever read. Yeah. I mean, before that, it was basically, let's face it, it was all goosebumps and fear streets. They don't do... They were not very hot. They were kind of hot, but... Scary stories to tell in the dark? Hmm? Look, hot I, sometimes. I mean, I wouldn't turn you Spider-Face s- Woman away. You see that skeleton coming, what you do? <laughs> Come home. But as an adult, skeleton who has some bed like this. No, like- what you gonna do, fam? The first thing I'm gonna do after I get a time machine is go back to the early '80s and hand a copy of this to Tipper Gore and say, "Get this band." <laughs> we need stickers on books too. So, uh, why? Because I was under the same impression you were. Why did we think this was a horror novel? I think it's described as gothic horror, right? right. Southern yeah, yeah, gothic yeah. horror. But uh, I, when, I have a theory. Now you say what you want to say first. That I was misshelving it for years in bookstores. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that you just assumed. But when I would see the old versions of it, like, I don't know, I think like my older, like my aunts and stuff when I was really little had copies mm-hmm. of the, di- we talked about the die cut with, uh, you know. The keyhole covers. The, the child in the window. They look pale because they've been in that attic. Yeah, and they were gothic, like a gothic mansion or whatever on the front. That maybe the the art led me to believe it was like in the horror genre that there's something going on in that attic. Uh, yeah. Something uh, spooky as hell. Yeah. Something spooky as hell. What's going on? In well, that even attic? the petals in the well, wind yeah. cover, the keyhole cover on that is like one of the petals is cut out, and you see Kathy's face, right, and she's ghostly white, and then when you open. The book and you see the painting on the inside it is her chris their freakishly small sister carrie <laughs> let's hey let's be nice to this very tiny teen and <laughs> josh and then the grandmother is spread out in front of them like like it's like it's a viewing right is what it looks like <laughs> when you said spread out i was <laughs> like wait what did you say splayed take that again but say splayed <laughs> No. Okay. So, as we've talked about with, uh, with Flowers in the Attic, this is mostly read by young women, but now it's just completely marketed as a young adult novel. Oh, totally. This was, this, the version I have is a, I want to say it's an omnibus. It's it's a collection of the first two. And it is published by... Um, it's Simon Pulse, right? It's Simon Pulse, which is a teen line. And in fact, they advertise you can watch videos, get extras, and read exclusives at teen.simonandschuster.com. This is now completely marketed as a book for teens, which means, I mean, I was 12 or 13 when I read it, right. but at the time it was marketed as an adult book. My mom didn't even want me to read the Flowers in the Attic series, which when you Correct. tell a child Cor- that, Correct, mom. guess what happens? That's the first thing you look for when you go to the library is flowers in the attic. It's kind of like the same way that Stephen King 
is heavily read by like 12 and 13 year olds and if you look at the actual content like it's not really written for 12 13 year well, oh is, definitely but. not i think maybe this fits ya now though even though it didn't in its day ya has changed obviously but like it's filthy it's filthy trash this is why it belongs in YA. It's filthy trash, but not to the point of being like explicit porn, like Twilight. So, okay, the, see, that's where I think you're completely wrong. I'm just, I'm making shit up. I, I know read. you are. I've never read. Number one, I think it very much uh, glorifies uh, rape. You're saying it is sexual explicit assault. Porn? It. There are scenes. There are scenes that are pretty explicit. Is it penetrative? Yes. Yes. Oh dear God. Okay, never mind. <laughs> they talk about ejaculation. Okay. Ne- okay. I, well, I think that. Uh, well, so uh, do some Judy Bloom books. So you can't the, necessarily base it upon ejaculation. Well, what is this filth? I need to read some <laughs> YA. I, I would say that contemporary YA is more explicit in language and dealing with sexuality and things yeah. like that, but it's not doing it in a way that's necessarily exploitative, titillating. Yeah, I, I think it's being more honest. Because I think, and this is definitely very much. This is not. I don't want to say romanticized. This is not a serious book. <laughs> you know? No, oh. this does not deal with serious things. Kathy never wakes up like I have a pimple. Kathy never deals with normal things that teenagers deal with whatsoever. She's basically an adult at the age of sixteen because she's been forced to. Right. Honestly, she's been raising her sister and being basically a wife to her brother. Yeah. While they were they locked up in the attic. Skip over all of her high school stuff in the book. Like she, she graduates to, by the time she's like what fifteen? She no, goes, wait, seventeen. She, she goes to high school, but we don't have any chapters about it. That's because this isn't a YA book. This right. is not a YA book. That's why it definitely is not. I would still describe this as horror, but it's an existential horror. Whereas everyone that they meet is terrible, mm-hmm. and every situation they get in is terrible. Yeah, I want to read a section so Blake will get an idea of what some of the sex is like. Okay. Um, this is the filthiest. <laughs> I don't know that this is actually the filthiest, but I also want to juxtapose it because Kathy is so young when this is happening and has no sexual experience. So um, other than with her brother. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, so this is when she's with Dr. Paul for the first time. And she says, on his bed, he laid me down and with his eyes alone, he began his lovemaking. And in his eyes, I drowned and things grew blurry as my emotions swelled higher like a tidal wave engulfing both of us. Skin to skin we pressed, just holding close at first and thrilling in the exaltation of sharing what the other had to give. With each touch of his lips, of his hands, I was shot through with electrifying sensations until at last I was wild to have him enter me, no longer tender, but fervent with his own fierce, demanding need to reach the same heights I was sinking. Catherine, hurry, hurry, come. What was he talking about? I was there beneath him doing what I could. Come where? He was slippery and wet with sweat. My legs were raised and clutched about his waist, and I could feel the terrible effort of his restraint as he kept telling me to come, come, come. Then he groaned and gave up. His juices (laughs) spurted forth to warm up my insides pleasantly five or six times, and then it was all over, all over, and he was pulling out. Anyway. It it started as not even softcore and then turned into, like, I don't even know what. Like I'm blushing. too, (laughs) Too gross for Pornhub, even. Well, I don't know about that. Needs but a, needs a trigger warning. The the fact that she doesn't know what coming is also it's, it's just so sad. She doesn't she doesn't know what sexual pleasure is. She just knows she's, she's a, a thing child. there to be desired. That's what she thinks she is, and that's what she does. It but, feels like all of these characters' ideas about 
sexuality and about relationships come from a place written pre-Betty for Dan. It's like a very 50s mentality well, of you have to serve your man no matter what. This was set the in the 60s, correct? Mm-hmm. 60s, early 70s. So, and in the South. And everything uh, that this character thinks and does is based on her having been abused, like, nonstop for everything post-age, what, 13? Yeah, basically. Like, everything after she goes up in that attic. Well, no wonder why she's so impulsive and angry all the time. She's just no clue what's going on. And she's abused by everyone. She's abused by her own brother, by people she thinks she should trust. And then my favorite thing is before she goes to, okay, this isn't my favorite thing, but before she goes to New York, right, Chris gives her some advice and he says, go easy on sex and love. Fuck you, Chris. Go to hell. (laughs) Jerk. That's what he tells Kathy. Well, she tells him, wait, who tells who this? You need to just, oh, she tells him. You just need to go for the first person that uh, let she in does. The, the, let in the first person uh, that you that has any interest in you. That's what I did. Yeah, <laughs> look how happy I am. Yeah, me and Paul, we're great. Yeah, me and, and Julian. He responds, "I did, and it was you." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's that's so, true. He's so creepy. Ah, uh, but Chris is basic. Chris is one note, and uh, poor Carrie is also pretty one note. But I find Carrie far more. Uh, sympathetic as a young teen who is fixated on her looks and very self-conscious because as Kathy always points out, when she was a child, they were in the attic. And so she wasn't exposed to the sunshine and outdoors. And so that stunted her growth, right? There's a reason why she's only four feet eight or whatever. And has apparently a gigantic head on a tiny body. I don't know. I'm trying to picture it. Not enough fresh air. She was exposed to putrid airs. And um, based on 19th century uh, medicine, she <laughs> was not able to grow to her full potential. Not at all. That's a big thing in, in Flowers in the Attic. But, it is. But, I mean, it's it's constantly repeated. And it is in this, too, because yeah. there's, you know, reverberations. There's, there's problems because of it. She is tortured in school, right? Tormented by who? Sissy Towers, <laughs> a, the second shortest character at the school. And her name is Towers. Yes, because V.C. Andrews is clever. Dramatic irony. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And the only I chapter the that was interesting in any that. way. <laughs> you thought that, that was your favorite chapter? Was that was whenever the, they yes, tormented as Carrie? A, as a self-contained story, that would almost work. That, I would say that's that's one of my big problems with the book, is none of these like vignettes or uh, like the different sections are interesting in any way, like on their own. Like, the only thing I was interested in all in in the book is Kathy's quest for revenge against her mother mm-hmm. and doing the stuff with the will. Which is the last hundred pages. Last hundred pages. She talks about it at the beginning, and then her plan involves her brother going to med school and her becoming a ballerina, and she has to do all and of Carrie. these things. Carrie. Who cares about Carrie? <laughs> well, she's, she's going to become a secretary. Yeah. Leave old Big Head alone. With a, a red... A custom-made red typewriter, because purple would look too crazy. <laughs> oh, poor Carrie. But uh, what were we talking about before that? The end of the book, I guess. Oh, the things that are most interesting to you were were Kathy's 
quest for vengeance. That's the only time when I felt the plot was doing anything other than just them repeating the same patterns of poor relationship choices uh-huh. and stuff with their brother and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I Which, did like reading all the uh, the extortion letters she would send to her mom. Yeah, yeah. Those were like the best parts. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Kathy, get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when Bart later, well, her part of her other plan was getting Bart. That well, was the rest of her plan. Knocked up by her stepfather. Was to lure the stepfather away from her mother with her beauty, because now she is the one who is young and desirable, and as, she's going to take as that Bart man. says, "You're the second most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life, except your mother." Like, oh, it's such a creep. It's so creepy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's this whole book. Or as thirteen-year-old Jessica would say, "Hot." <laughs> Yeah, you steal you steal your mom's man. <laughs> Bart sounds so hot. Well, later on, Kathy has that revelation, I guess, that Bart might be the man she loves the most. The most, yeah. Because he was the first man she ever kissed, right? hmm And he was so handsome, and she remembers that mustache. That and so mustache. she So whenever she's dating Dr. Paul, she asks him to grow a mustache. And what does he do? Grows a mustache for her. Later on, she's attracted to Julian because he has dark hair and eyes, and so does Bart. So she has herself convinced that Bart is the only man that she's ever, the man she loves the most, and that she was looking for him and other partners based upon one kiss she had <laughs> with him when she was 14 or 15 and snuck into her mom's room. Even though Bart is horrible <laughs> to her, basically. As everyone him, but, pretty much Well, is, everyone yeah. is, but Bart is. Bart might be, God, I don't know. They're all bad. Yeah, it's impossible. I would say let's rank how bad they are, but I uh, just just throw them all in a dumpster. And leave Here's them. what I will say. Is at least Paul took care of her brother and her sister. I mean, I don't know what else to say. He tries to redeem himself from being a rapist. Yeah. Who leads his wife to kill their child. Drown him. On his birthday. God, this is horrible. <laughs> Yeah, just describing this book is just ridiculous. But then at the end, I think the scene that I was reading and I laughed out loud the most at, and I'm probably not supposed to, was whenever she comes face to face with her grandmother for the first time since they were children and locked in the attic. She goes to the mansion one day, sneaks in when she knows everyone is gone, and decides she's going to whip her grandmother And put tar in her grandmother's hair, just like the grandmother had done to her when she was a teen girl. And she makes sure that her hair is beautiful and flowing and long and down. And she whips it around a lot while she's in there talking to the grandmother. And even talks about getting on top of the bed and dancing. Like she's doing like... Do a little routine. Doing like tendus as she's, you know, (laughs) yelling at her grandmother. I just imagine this woman just dancing around. It was insane. And I, I think you're not supposed to laugh at that, but I was it's laughing. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, was that in the film adaptation? No, not at all. Okay. What a shame. <laughs> but I'm just picturing a girl like on her grandmother's gigantic bed while her dying grandma's underneath her like in a ballet position, like spinning around like a joy box ballerina or something. <laughs> it was so strange. And I almost kind of love it for how over the top... It is, and how bonkers this book is. You know how Adam loves bonkers movies? Mm-hmm. Our friend Adam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know who he is. I'm familiar. <laughs> you know this guy named Adam? 
I almost feel like even though there are obviously a lot of flaws with this book, I love it for how over the top it is. And I don't want to say love it. Love's a strong word. But I find it entertaining and for hot, how over hot. the top it is. Not hot anymore. Okay. Now that I'm grown up and I realize <laughs> that's assault. Uh, I I don't think it's bonkers enough, even like for me to enjoy it on that level. I don't think I like books that are I like just because like this is crazy. And when I could watch a movie and be like, oh, I'm really enjoying this for how horrible it is. But with a 450 page book, I can't. You look like you're going to say something. So I, I would rather like, watch Rubber for two hours than spend 450 pages. The movie about the tire? Yeah, I like that movie. Yes, it's great. <laughs> that movie's batshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's much better than Rape the Novel for 450 pages. But you know what? Maybe Kathy had to deal with a lot of predatory men. Maybe she was raped a lot, but maybe she didn't realize it was rape. And maybe... She's a strong woman who goes in and whips that grandma one time and puts a tiny bit of candle wax in her hair instead of tar. And that's, you know what? That's all she does? Well, she, she feels guilty. She some tar in there, honestly. After she feels all, guilty. After all that? She couldn't find tar. Yeah, she couldn't find tar. <laughs> so she used candle wax. But she realizes that she's not as cold and horrible as their grandmother and she cannot. Okay. She cannot. And Based. she's dying anyway, right? The she, grandmother is dying. She's right. old. She's dying. The worst so way to die with a little bit of candle wax in your hair. <laughs> why beat a dead horse? But apparently, uh, whenever she whips the grandmother one time, grandmother, grandmother one time, she the leaves, grandmother always the grandmother. She leaves a welt, right? But it won't heal, and so they have to keep like rotating her. And anyway, <laughs> this book it's torture. Yeah, I mean, if you had a sore that wouldn't heal, it's gross. So, yeah, horror. I, I get it. Yeah, very very horror. Um, so, how did you feel about the end when she makes her final confrontation? Which one? At the party. Didn't Weak. love it. <laughs> Where she prepare, prepares for it, right? She gets a dress that looks just like her mother's. She It's a Christmas party. She breaks into the house, or sneaks in, I guess. She and what, okay, here's what gets me. They still have that wooden key. That they made <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the first book <laughs> that they have somehow saved that somehow still works. No one has changed the locks at this mansion. Eh, who cares? She gets into the house, steals her mother's emeralds, even cuts her hair the same way her mother had it cut that night. And at the stroke of midnight, she goes down the stairs to reveal to everyone that she is the daughter of Corinne Foxworth Winslow, I guess. It's me, Kathy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That was the funniest stuff in the book. <laughs> that was your favorite. That that you thought was. Funny? I mean, that that was the whole plot that I was kind of enjoying that was going on in the book. Is yeah, just this revenge plot, like this very tortured and uh, long running plot, which there, could have could have happened right away. There might have been a good book in that, or a better book in a revenge plot, but three hundred and fifty pages to get there is too much. Would this have been more enjoyable if you were, well, I'm going to say, yeah, it was much more enjoyable when I was 13. So never right. mind. Forget the question. But I guess. If I had not read very many books yet, or had not read very many adult books yet, like books for adults, mm -hmm. not necessarily like sex books or whatever, I think, I think I'd be bored. I don't know that I would like this. 
It was hot. <laughs> I'm going to stand by that. Okay. 13-year-old Jessica will still stand by that. So I'm sure 13-year-old Jessica would have thought the story of O was hot. Or something the, by the Marquis de Sade. Oh, God, no. That's Why supposed would... to be just hot, though, isn't it? Or something? That's like... What, the story of O? Or you watch hot. 120 Days of Sodom, you know what hot I mean, that is. that shit's yeah. hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. That shit's fire. <laughs> I watched Quills, and that's enough. Was that the name of the movie? Quills, yeah. 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 Okay, thanks. Yeah, hot. No, oh, wait. it wasn't. Oh, 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 no. oh, sorry. I don't know what that is. It's about it's the about Marquis, Marquis de Sade. Sade. Jeffrey Rush and Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. Okay, one movie is enough for me. <laughs> this is a biopic, Blake. This is mostly about him in prison doing yeah. gross stuff. Yeah, and writing gross stuff. It's like, like shame, basically. And the or nurse, hunger, not shame. Hunger, hunger, hunger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. about Ron to bring McQueen up movie. Yeah, is it, yeah. Is it Kate? Uh, was it like a? Why are we talking about this? I have no because idea. we're we're talking about hot we're things. Stretching, <laughs> we're stretching for time. We've run, this book's run its course. I really don't have a lot to talk about in this book because it is too hard to talk about. I think there are things that. The topics itself are hard to talk about, like rape. Um, There's not really ways to abuse, make this funny. Domestic as we violence. Talk about it. Yeah, these are hard things to talk about. Where flowers in the attic, I think, is easier to talk about. Was easier to talk about because you can just talk about like children being trapped and that kind of thing. Well, where, that and they're going through puberty. Yeah, you know, it's uh, more interesting. It is, and and in this book, the puberty. I mean, she's 16. She should still be experiencing some things, but she's basically an adult when she comes, you know, out. And I don't know. Like I said, this is not a YA book, but actually it's marketed as one now. What, but. what should I do with this book in, in the store? Where should I put this? Don't say in the dumpster. Does it say anything about Just it on being, display. Just what is on your display. print? So this is, this is, uh, it just says fiction. But this is a. But who published it? Marketing thing. Uh, Simon Schuster. Same thing. Is it Pulse? No, it's not. This is a $14 book. Trade paperback. Yours is what, like ten bucks? Because it's in yours is two and one, but that's the young adult. Ten ninety nine. Ten ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, that one's marketed to teens. This one is marketed to. Um, it says now the Lifetime movie everyone's talking about. <laughs> Did I watch those Lifetime movies in a span of twenty four hours? I hope all not. four of them. You bet I did. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I saw her reviews. They just kept coming. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, I had my subscription to the Lifetime Movie Channel for a week, and I had to get through those <laughs> while Blake was at work. So I, I gotta remember it. to cancel that. By the way, I did cancel it. Okay, you'll good. be proud. I set a reminder in my phone and everything. Wow. Yeah. I tried to cancel my. I I got HBO Go to watch the finale of Game of Thrones, and was like, I even posted on Facebook like I need to remember to uh, cancel this, and then I went in and I canceled the wrong thing, and I had to pay another month. Well, I guess before we wrap this up, because I don't really have to say that then this book is hard to talk about. There's too much that there's not a lot that goes on, but there's enough that goes on that it's hard to talk about and sum up. And the, the topics are hard that we're focused on. Um, is there anything you want to say before we move on? Anything about Carrie? Anything at all? I have nothing left to say. about. I will say that Carrie is the saddest and most tragic uh, character in the whole series. I'm going to say that now. Number one, the writer doesn't care enough about her to give her a personality other than that she's loud and wants to be a secretary. And she likes the colors red, red and, and purple. purple. And have we even talked about her uh, potential minister? Uh, uh... That's why we, we left this out. So she, there's two chapters that are really dedicated to Carrie. One is about how she's tormented 
by Sissy Towers at a private school she goes to. <laughs> Every time I hear that name. And <laughs> that's what? a good porn star name also. What is the name of <laughs> if for for a tall the lady good girl at who's the school? Also, something uh, Saint John. Timid. Tall because and timid. Because of course it's. it's... <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> They're having their own gross conversation. Right <laughs> this is a side podcast. <laughs> I didn't what? write her name down. I'm sorry. The, okay, the opposite of a tiny teen is a giant milf. And this is a thing I. Okay, just you guys invented. are ruining my podcast. I'm so sorry. That I'll cut all this out. I promise you. I don't believe you at all. As so, producer, I have final cut. Okay, so Carrie. Anyway, back to Carrie. The other chapter dedicated to her is when she commits suicide. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. She kills herself. She kills herself Oof. the same way that her brother died, and it's because she falls in love with the minister boy. And this is when she reveals to Kathy that she did some stuff with Julian while Kathy was still married. To me, it sounds like this stuff was not uh, consensual. It seemed like it was coerced. Because he's a rapist who likes young girls. Exactly. We don't know what they did, but they did something that she said she also enjoyed, but that he said would not get her pregnant. So we could theorize on what it is. But she feels because she is a product of incest... And because she did this thing and she enjoyed it, that she is not pure and worthy to be married to a man who's going to be minister. And so she buys rat poison, puts it on powdered donuts, eats the pack of donuts. All except for the last half donut. But it had one bite, as it said, multiple times. And then wastes away in the hospital and dies. Oh, I just was going to make a joke about something else. <laughs> okay, so before before your joke, the uh, fiancé character who comes into her life as, what, like a vacuum repairman or something dumb Electrician like that? Electrician or something? Yeah, what if perfectly good career. He didn't need to change jobs. It describes him as wanting to become a Catholic priest until he found out that they would be celibate. Mm-hmm. But then they walk by an X-rated movie theater like they have all over in small town North Carolina. I think they're in small town Virginia now. Well, wherever. (laughs) (laughs) Where the uh, movie theaters are on every corner. (laughs) And so at this X-rated theater, he just walks by and says, the stuff they do in those are disgusting. Which she takes to mean, oh, he thinks all sex is disgusting and I'm dirty and I need to go kill myself with donuts. It's lazy writing. And contradictory within the 20 pages of this chapter. That's actually the part I wanted to read, where uh, she says, Alice won't change. She hates today's lack of morals, hates the kind of books being published, the movies that are dirty, and the magazines with couples doing wicked things. <laughs> but I would say I agree that I also uh, hate the kind of books being published, because this one was published. Filth. I hate it. I didn't hate it. Sorry. <laughs> Ugh. <sighs> <laughs> well, we that's we, a we've good broken John. Yeah, yeah. sign that, that a very good things sign. are winding down well, with this book. So, what are we going to discuss next time? Well, we're going to keep going with the Dollinger saga <laughs> because everyone enjoyed the second Only book so more. much. That's not true. There are two more. There's two more. Two more. And if Halfway we home. if we love those boys, we're going to do the prequel, Garden of Shadows. <laughs> I'm not going to do them. I'm going to take a shower, a long, disgusting shower, and wash this book out of my brain. And then the next one is called... Is If There Be Thorns. If There Be Thorns, okay. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, there will be thorns. I feel like like there might. (laughs) Probably Uh, will be thorns. 
Just saying. I think you're in the clear, but. Someone's going to be thorny for a brother. <laughs> Mama Thorny, Michael? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. We're taking away producer Blake's mic. No, don't <laughs> cut me episodes. off. You, you can't cut me off. I'm the audio engineer. I control who gets cut off. I could mute you right now. All right. So anything. Uh, we talked about maybe a little bit of the legacy of this book, Fifty Shades of Grey. Just the kind of mood it sets. And the, I guess the tone of the book, the, the characterization, the Anastasia Steele is basically the Kathy Dollinganger or Catherine Dahl uh, uh, of the modern era. And that's how I... That's how Bella is too, right? I never read Twilight, I've never but read I, Twilight I know that either. those are just. Are we like, going to torture ourselves next summer with Twilight as uh, our series? Don't. If we get enough patrons. <laughs> okay. Okay. I feel. I feel like I. I could do those. Yeah. They'd be rough though. Ooh, okay. Well, anyway, next book. If there be thorns, uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. I guess no one really liked this book, but me. Do I still think it's hot? Not really. <laughs> okay um so we want to thank blake for writing our theme song good job blake you don't have to thank me listen to his band more of that i i did i want where to, can they find your music we don't need blake? a whole thing on me blake where can we find your music just google more of that band missouri uh middle-aged men they heard the thorny pun earlier uh, so they they're, they're not going to Google it. Yeah, they turned it right off. <laughs> they turned off a long time ago, guys. No one's listening at this point. Um, follow our Instagram at Are You There Pod. Uh, John, do you want to plug anything like classes you're teaching or <laughs> yeah, plug your class, man? <laughs> Any presidential candidates you're rooting for in 2020? I would plug uh, a book burning that I'm having for <laughs> VC Andrews exclusively. I think boys just don't get runs it. in the family. Runs in the family. Are you on any UCB teams? You got a Saturday show or something? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Josh, plug anything? Nope, nothing. All right, we're done. Cool. Bye, horse girls. <laughs> Wait, no. Is it's... that the sign off? I think it's see you later, horse girls. <laughs> Good enough. Do, do it clean. Do it as clean long as we call them horse girls. Josh, you have to say it. I like what you just say. Yeah, you say it. See you later, horse girls. Yeah.